Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers and a place to donate to keep the special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Tony. Get a microphone and everything. Hi, everybody. My name's Tony, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi everybody. Um, thank you, Justin, for asking me to speak. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael, for making me feel at home. Happy birthday, and welcome to the newcomers. Um, I'm here in my deli waitress outfit because I came directly from work, and I haven't eaten yet, but you know what? It's okay. It's, it's okay. God's with me. Um, what it was, oh, timer, who's my timer? Will you give me like a 10-minute warning, and if, and if I have to stop before, then I'm going to, because that's what I'll do. Okay, so um, I've been a compulsive eater my whole life. Probably my earliest memories are of being a fat kid in a compulsive overeater family. Um, just not always interested on what's my plate, but like what's going on, what's coming next. And I, and I kind of think it's the disease of more, because never satisfied with what's in front of me. And I do know it's a disease of progression, because as a kid, like up in my teens, a pig out, a binge was a pint of ice cream. And I came uh, back in just over two years ago, it would be two years last November, where that a pint of ice cream wasn't even an appetizer to the beginning of the, oh, my God, it got to be a mess. But we'll start with being a kid and being fat and being made fun of. So I learned to be strong. I grew up in the 60s, and we're, we were really athletic then. We didn't have iPads, iPhones, this, that, push this. You got off your ass, you went outside, and you played. <laughs> so thank you, Jesus, I moved around or I would have been dead 40 years ago. You know what I mean? So I had that, and I was very strong. You know, I grew up in a house in the suburbs of New York. We had chores. We did things, and you always played outside. You just always did. So I was strong, and I became a bully. You made fun of me, I'd kick your ass. <laughs> Boy or girl, I'd knock your ass down. And as I got older in high school, that's not pretty, but I got funny, and I could make fun of myself before you did. But the hurting part is that boys don't ask out fat girls, funny or not. They don't. And it's funny because recently I was talking to my sponsor um, about my dating history, and I said, my God, what a freaking parade of losers. What a bunch of skeeves and losers and drunks and this and that. And I was like, oh, my God, the common denominator is me. It's, it's me. You know, and I saw, I was watching a talk show, and of all people, I saw Marie Osmond, big hair, Utah, makeup, Mormon girl. And they asked her about her divorce, and she said, ladies, you better know your self-esteem because you marry your self-worth. And I almost fell off the fat couch. I thought, holy shit. <laughs> but being abstinent, I can hear things, which in the food I can't. So I got married at about 22, I want to say, to a man who was under my social station, under money, under education, under everything. So I, he asked me to marry him, so of course I said yes. And I had only dated one guy before him. You know, I had only slept with one guy before my husband. So I was married with him from 1980 to 1985. We lived in Florida. We had a business. We had a house. And we were drinking, smoking, coking, 
and um, eating, but not, not too bad, not too bad. I mean, it was there. And then I realized I wasn't happy in this marriage, and I became a sneaky eater. I was an adult. I drove. I discovered eating meals when it wasn't mealtime. Because we'd always eaten meals. My family was composed of eaters, but we snacked. We didn't, like, hit a drive-thru or get a pizza in the middle of the day. And I discovered I could do that. Oh, my God, I could do that. And I could hide that fast food wrapper and make dinner like a good wife, you know. So, um... In 1985, I got divorced, and I went to Boston. My family had an empty house. So I went to Boston with a friend of mine. So I'm newly divorced, and I was roommates with my gay friend who was just out of the closet. Honey, we went through men in Boston like you don't even, just not pretty. We were a hot mess. So he moved out to L.A., and I was still partying and going crazy and eating, drinking, smoking, coking, sleeping, whatever. And... um he sent me a plane ticket to come out and visit him. And I came out here and visited him, and he was sober, and he's living in West Hollywood, because that's the law when you're newly gay. And um, I just had a blast. I mean, I was a drunken mess, but I had a blast. And I went back to Boston and decided I don't want to wake up fat, drunk, and 40. And a friend of mine took me into OA, but I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't know anything about steps, and I never shared, and I went to one meeting a week. I lost a shit ton of weight. They give you this gray sheet thing. So I don't even know what my top weight was back then, maybe the upper hundreds. And um, I moved out here. And my first meeting out here is the kitchen sink. Let me tell you, moving from the East Coast to California is like going to another country, but you have the advantage of the same language, kind of. <laughs> I mean, people are just really tough and ballsy in New York and in Boston, and I moved out here, and I'm going to meetings, and I hear people share, and they're like, and man, and I had to wait online at the food store, and man, and I'm thinking, is that your biggest freaking problem? Get a spine. And I was out. It just turned me off so bad. But what it really was, in hindsight, is culture shock. I was in culture shock, and I wanted my food. So I'm back to the food, not the booze. But I went back to the food. Um, I ended up dating some more skeevy guys. And uh, I had a kid by myself. Her father is the eighth dwarf, useless. So I raised her. She's 18. She's, she's a great kid. She's awesome. And I raised her by myself. And I thought I should have a cape. And I should be on the cross. Because I'm just doing everything right. And aren't I wonderful? But I, I raised her alone. And then I got back into program probably when she was in kindergarten. And again, no sponsor, no sharing, steps, what is that? I, no steps. So once again, I'm really on a freaking diet. And I went to um, these ladies' meetings at the Darby office. So I was working at this big Italian restaurant in Encino. And it, it must have been a Saturday night. The place is friggin' jammed. Wall-to-wall people. I had to go out in the lobby for something. I'm passing through the lobby. And it, more people than this, just people, people, people. And this woman goes, hey, Tony, hey. And I'm looking at her and trying to place her. And she's like, it's so-and-so from L.A. Overeaters Anonymous. And I, I mean, I don't know what it really looked like, but in my mind, everybody just shut the fuck up. And it was like the can- the, um, the arm on the record player. And, goes, eh! and, every- and everybody's looking at me. And I thought, and I said, uh-huh. And I walked by her, and I went to the host stand. I don't know who that fucking nut is. Don't put him in my station. I don't know who it is. And I was out. 
I'm like anonymous my ass. And I was I was out, honey. So um and the eating is a progression. And I got heavier. And more you know, I could be perky and funny you and on, but behind you I was an isolator. You know, people would ask me out, I'd say, yeah, and I'd cancel the last minute my kid's sick. You know, you're a single mom. That's a fucking built-in excuse, you know. Oh, I can't. The kid, sorry. And, um, yeah, so I ate my way up to, I was still waiting tables, and I was wearing shoes with springs on them. Because I've been a waitress so many years. Not because I was 323 pounds and a pound from death, but because I was so hard on my feet, you know. So I got up to 323 pounds, and I was angry. I was an isolator. I was in so much pain physically, mentally, spiritually. My connection with my kid, I mean, I snapped a lot. I I was a good mother, but, you know, if I did any volunteer work, you know, I needed to be thanked for it. I needed a ticker tape parade. I needed a big award. It was it was just miserable. Miserable. And I thought, I can't go on another diet. I can't. I can't go on another diet. I mean, I don't know about anybody else. I can't speak for anybody else. But I know I could be so good on a diet and have so much willpower. And then after the diet, then what do you do? What do you do? I don't know what you do. And then and I'm off and eating again. You know, our birthday gal was sharing about um, something about the, the family and what are you eating. My family, if some people went to um, an affair or a wedding or something, nobody asked, what did the bride look like? Was the groom nervous? How were the flowers? What what, what you eat? Was it the chicken? Was it fish? Was it beef? Was it good? Was there a happy hour? Were there hors d'oeuvres? How about a Venetian hour? Was there dessert? Nobody gives a shit about anything but what you're eating and how was it? And how much was there? So 323 pounds, I mean, I, I really thought I was going to die. And just the thought of my daughter being left useless, God forgive me, it can't, you know, it just can't be. So I had to do something. So I went to OA, and I walked in the door, and I shared the first day. I had never shared. And I cried, and I cried. And, you know, I'm an Italian New Yorker. We don't tell nobody nothing. Feelings? Strangers? What? I mean, we didn't even share with our own family. I'm going to share in a room with strangers. And I did. It was as if I had to hit rock bottom and a place of surrendering. Um, I got a sponsor shortly after, and I started working the steps. And so much of it didn't make sense. Even though I went to Catholic school for eight years, I thought the nuns were all psychos and they needed to get laid. And I, <laughs> But I did the God thing, and I listened. And I said, for once in my life, I'm going to shut the fuck up and just listen and do whatever my sponsor told me. And I sent my food in every morning, three meals, two or three snacks, whatever it was. She goes, I don't care what you eat, how much you eat, just be honest about it. And I knew what my red foods were because I came in of the gray sheet. So I immediately, no pasta, no rice, no potatoes, no pasta, rice, and no bread, and no recreational sugar. I'll still do a little barbecue sauce, teriyaki, whatever, but I'm not going to sit down and chug a bottle of that, you know, so. About a year ago, I added booze, 
and I added the booze for the calories and then realized if I was having a fight with my kid or whatever, I'm picturing a martini glass. And I thought, oh, maybe it is the numbing out. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Duh. I'm going to be 55 next week. Duh. So I put the booze in, and about a week or so ago, I added popcorn and cereal. Those were my last two, I want to say, sexy foods. And I realized that I was going to them. I was going to them. And and I was doing the dance with these two last foods for about a year or so. But if a friend of mine in program is telling me they're having problems with bread or whatever, I'm just, just fucking put it down. None is easier than one. But I couldn't hear it with the cereal and the popcorn. And so one of my buddies in a meeting is like, are you going to let it go? And I went home that day and I had cereal for breakfast to show him because I'm going to show him. And then I let it go. And I said, I'm I'm not going to give it up. I'm just giving it to God. And it's now in my abstinence. So I was 323 pounds. I'm down about 90 pounds. Um, People not in program go, how much more do you have to go? I have no idea because I ain't never been there. I don't know. To the outside world, I'm still a charging rhino. In woman sizes, I'm an 18 or 20. But to me, I'm a little ballerina. You know, I, it's funny because, you know, people, I remember just always making these big proclamations. When I lose weight, I'm going to go, you know, white water raft, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump out of a plane. And now I can walk up my apartment stairs, and I don't even have to hold the railing. Holy shit. Because I remember coming home from work after being fed for free, then hitting the drive-thru and getting the number one Big Mac thing, a fish sandwich, and throwing down a dollar chicken sandwich on the way home, and, of course, having a half a gallon of ice cream just in case I needed it, um, and looking at the bottom of my stairs, 17 steps, like it was frickin' Mount Vesuvius. And I put all the food and the drink and balance it in one hand and be just yanking myself up that railing. I don't have to do that today. You know, I do, you know, I have aches and pains. I'm an old broad. I have arthritis. But you know what? If my dog has to pee, I take him down. I don't have to walk the dog, get the mail, and go to the food store in one shot. I don't have to do that anymore. And that is a miracle. That's, that's a miracle for me. Um... My first sponsor took me through the first three steps. I committed my food in the morning. <clears throat> I do my 10-step every night. I send it in. I do the AEIOU. I don't know if you guys do that. The A is was I abstinent. I list, you know, my, I list my food. The E is did I exercise? If so, what did I do? I, what did I do for me? Oh, what did I do for others? And you, what did I uncover? And I'm in my fourth step now, so my sponsor now said, I also want you to do a Y. Give me three A's. Things that you really like about you are three things that you do well, and give me three gratitudes. And I do that, because the fourth step, a lot of it is beating yourself up and digging through old shit, which isn't sassy. Uh, So my first sponsor took me through the first three steps, and she taught me self-love and self-care. And these are things that I never knew. I'm a single mother. i got to do for my kid and then shit all over myself. And really... What am I teaching her? That, I, that you don't matter? That you're not good enough? That you're not... So that, that was a hard one to get. Um, she released me after the third step because she hadn't done her fourth yet, and I got another sponsor. And he didn't work the steps with me, and he also had me calorie count and be very exact with the weighing and measuring. Now, everybody does their own thing. I am not here to advise anybody. But for me, when I did that in the morning... 
it kept my focus on the food. And I was with him for a year, and that scale only moved about 10 pounds. And so I left him. I'm still friendly with him, but I said, i, I got to work the steps. I can't do this. And I was in a meeting, and I saw this woman leading. This little woman, very unassuming, very quiet. And it was a Sunday, and she said, I just have to do Sunday. I just have to do Sunday. And it was one of those aha moments. You know, when the clouds part and release the pigeons, it's like, I got it. I didn't understand the one day at a time. What do you mean one day at a time? You're all counting friggin' days. I couldn't get it. But today's Saturday. I just got to do Saturday. I don't have to worry about tomorrow and yesterday's over. I don't need to beat myself up anymore. I just need to do Saturday. And it's just enough of a chunk that I can do. And I said to her, do you want me to send you, you know, my food in the morning? Do we weigh and measure? She goes, no, send it to me at night if you want. She goes, there's nowhere in the blue book that's set in the, in the blue book. In the, in the OA, in the, I haven't eaten yet, I'm sorry, I'm losing it. In the big book that says that you have to send it in in the morning. And I said, well, let me try sending it in at night. And if it doesn't work, then we'll switch back. And for me, it works. It's, I'm not going to say, ooh, you know, it's, it's been relieved for me. I never want to overeat because that would be a big fat lie. But it, for me, it took it off. You know, it's like two stalks of broccoli. Two, uh, you know what I mean? I don't have to be so much about it. You know, and I'm not telling anybody what to do there. I know people text their food in. People take pictures of the food. They tell somebody what they're going to eat before, after, during. That's all individual. But for me, this is what works today. And I try to do human-sized portions. I try to be honest about it. I do three meals, and I try to do um, breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. I try to go the other way. Instead of doing all my calories at night, I, re- I remember coming home one night in the food with my spread of Big Macs and all that shit, and I click on the TV, and they were talking about this diet where you do, where you do all these calories late at night. And I'm like, ooh, and I'm... Paying attention, you know, because it's before program, you know, ooh, 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 i got to get this solution. This is it. And they're going on and on about all the calories late at night. It was the sumo diet. Awesome. I'm eating like a sumo wrestler. Awesome. So um, I don't have to do that today. I have to be honest. I have to do something for me, something for somebody else. Move a little bit. And don't worry about the food tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. Because I have spent so much time beating myself up for yesterday. For all those men I plowed through with my fabulous friend. For drinking, eating, stealing food, doing whatever. Bullying. Just bullying so bad. Making fun of people. and I don't have to do that anymore. You know, I remember before program, I went to confession. I really thought I was going to go to hell for something. I sought out a church, and I went in, and I see the priest lined up for confession, and I saw one that looked like a Keebler elf, and I thought, that's the one I'm going to. He's a thousand years old. He looks like an elf. I'm going to him. (laughs) And I told him this horrific sin that I did, and he smiled at me, and he said, God has already forgiven you. You just have to forgive yourself. And he goes, and then when you do tell somebody... And he goes, and I'll bet you that weight will go away, too. Are you freaking kidding me? He's a thousand, and he said that to me. <laughs> Amazing. So I, I don't beat myself up today. I do a, a, a lot of meetings. I weigh myself every month or every other month because I don't need the scale to be my higher power. And it's funny that just by acting as if, I have such an awesome connection with my higher power now. 
you know, I always thought he was too busy with world peace and the price of gas and every other thing. He didn't have time for Tony. But I have a higher power just for me. And I take my higher power everywhere. And I've done some things now in program. I'm getting back into entertaining. And I, and I did this gig. And I thought, oh, my God, I didn't realize everybody that I was going up with were big professionals and this and that. And I, and I started shaking. And I left the room right before I went on, and I did the serenity prayer. And I talked to God, and I was fine. And it sounds so cliche, but if I just act as if and just give it to my higher power, then I don't have to worry about it. You know, being in the food, I didn't have that open connection. I had no connection because it was clogged with food or booze or bullshit. I I shared at a a meeting in Burbank, I said I suffer from the four C's, uh, cookies, Cosmos, cocaine, and I don't know if I can say it in this room, but I'm going to cock. <laughs> Any one of those things, honey, one is not enough. I want more. So I was thinking about putting coffee in my abstinence. I thought, what are you, freaking crazy? You haven't had, you know, a starch or a cookie. You haven't been late in years. You're going to try to give up coffee? Give yourself a break. So I have my coffee, but I don't get cocky, and yet that's another state, because when I get cocky, and I think I got it, if I last came in at 323, where am I going to end up? Four or five hundred pounds buried in a piano case? I mean, because we know it's, it's bigger every time. When you gain, it's bigger every time, and people who go out and come back, I love their shares, because it gives me so much hope. It gives me so much hope. There's nowhere else that I can go and talk and see heads nodding and make the connection. You get it. You get it. You know what it's like to throw the fucking bag of chips in the garbage and then pull it out later. You know what it's like to, I can't go to bed if there's ice cream in the freezer. Nobody else understands that. I can't sleep. Let me finish it so then I'll be safe. That was my thinking. Then I'll be safe. Safe like there's not a freaking Ralph's right down the street. But that's what I used to think, that I had to keep eating and eating and eating. Um, I go to probably five, seven meetings a week because I need them because I'm crazy. I have some sponsees now. And it's it's a funny thing because um, I'm not a college graduate, and I juggle a bunch of part-time jobs. I'm standing up here in a deli waitress uniform. I'm sorry. It's me that smells like the corned beef. But all three of my sponsees are professionals. I got a lawyer and two doctors. Are you shitting me? I'm like, what the fuck do they want from me? (laughs) But that's my shit, not theirs. That's my shit. You know what I mean? There's got to be something there. I don't know what, but there's got to be something there. And it's just the honesty. And to know I get get you. I don't get it, but I get you. And uh, I want to say again that I can never, ever, ever be cocky. Or never think that I can just have one because I can't. For me, zero is so much easier than one. And I can't believe that I put the cereal and the popcorn in. Those were my last two sexy foods. And I'm alive. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because I don't, for me, want it to be so much like a diet that it's like a noose. I still want to think that I have my will. But I don't really. I, and I do look at my meals now. And I say, is this something I would eat in front of my sponsor? That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, same thing with my shopping cart, although my daughter's 18, and I think her boyfriend is gay. He's a ballerina. And he eats his body weight every day, this kid. 
so I always have food in the house for him, too. But I don't, if I see a fellow, I don't have to explain my car. Fuck you. It's not your business. You know what I mean? It's, I don't have to. Where am I at? Oh. Twelve minutes. Twelve minutes? I don't know what else I'm going to say. I'm hot. I'm hungry. Um, I think we should open it up to questions. Can we do that? Is that okay? Thank you. I have, newcomers, I hope you got something because really, I'm like two twenty, two thirty something. I was three twenty-three. I mean, I can do things today. I can't. I can't even think about what I can do tomorrow because that's not here. But today, I'm, I am living beyond my wildest dreams. I am. Who uh, Who wants to know something? Yes. Well, I'm just on step four now, and um, so I don't really have to make. <laughs> yeah. But you know, in writing down stuff, you know, my my sponsor's taking me through the. Um, OA 12 and 12, the fourth step, there's got to be like 3,000 questions in there. And she only lets me do one question a day. Again, it's holding that rain just because, you know, I'm compulsive. I want to do them all this weekend. <laughs> one a day. Um, and then we'll get to a point. I'm like, this is another friggin' list, isn't it? And she's like, yes, it's a list. And I do my list. You know, what's my grudge or whatever? Who's it against? What? What did it do to me? What did it do to, you know, what was my part in it? And I'm making my list. I'm writing. I got notebooks. You know, I have a friend who sees my weight loss. It's not in program. and says, I can't. I don't want to have a notebook. What if I die and somebody finds it? Fucking really? That's really? I mean, I love her. She's five foot nothing. She's got to be 350. That's what's keeping you is when you're dead, somebody's going to see your notebook? <laughs> but we can see that insanity when we're abstinent and only when we're abstinent. I know that didn't answer your question, but I haven't done them yet, really. <laughs> yes. Well, in my opinion, I, I want somebody who gets it, who understands, thank you, who understands my journey. You know, I, I got nothing with an anorexic. I got nothing with a bulimic. I, I, I hold on to everything. So I want somebody who knows what it's like to eyeball a chair and know, is that going to hold me? <laughs> who, really, there's a movie theater that I didn't go to for a long time because the seats were so tight. If somebody yelled fire, I'd take the whole fucking row with me. You know, just so, so, um, I, for me, I, that's who I want. I want somebody who gets it. I came back in, um, it was two years ago last November, so over two years ago. But I first came in a couple of times, once um, the end of 89 and once somewhere in the 90s, but I didn't get a sponsor, I didn't work the steps, and I didn't share. So this time, you know, somebody in program said to me, they said, either you're on the submarine or you're in the submarine. This time I'm in it, because when that bitch goes down, there's a big difference. I was only on the submarine those other two times, since that, over two years, over two years. So I'm down 90 pounds. I know a lot of people... Lose their weight the first year, and I never wanted to be that strict for me. You know, plus, like I said, I'm going to be 55 next week. Things are moving a little slower. But I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm, that's fine. It's a journey, not a race. I talk to God. I don't, you know, I know a lot of people, I hear people share and say they get up and they hit their knees. My knees hurt. I'm old. I don't do that. But five mornings a week on the weekdays, I do my work. I have a little driving gig. I balance so many jobs, but I, I sit and write while this kid's still sleeping before I wake her up, and I write all my stuff, but I pray to God constantly through the day. I heard a fellow share that God's in the passenger seat when they're driving. I have high, my higher power with me all the time, too, and the difference is, is I don't pray for, like, 
God, please take off this last 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds, whatever it is, please. please. I don't do that. Just for today, God, help me do your will. Help me be honest. Help me not be so self-seeking. There's one of our prayers, the St. Francis prayer. I really like that. To love and to be loved. To to understand and to be understood. You know, in other words, it's, it's by giving that it comes back. Um, and I do my thank you gods at night sometimes. After my 10th step, if I'm having a shitty day where I can't make the ends meet, which has been my story a lot, or I'm alone, you know, I just sleep with the gay dog, or I'm feeling bad for me, a pity party. <laughs> I do my thank you gods. Thank you God for the roof over my head. The things we so take for granted. Thank you, God, I have enough food. Look at all those countries. Probably 85% of the world isn't eating enough, you know. So I do my thank you, gods, and it helps me get right off the pity pot. Thank you. That's a biggie. My kid is 18 now, and she goes to college. We live in Sherman Oaks. She goes to Moore Park, and her boyfriend goes there, and his family lives out that way. And I let her. She'll stay overnight, two nights a week. There's so 18 for me is the hardest year so far because she's a baby adult. She's an adult by law. She ain't an adult. But it's the letting go. Honey, I controlled everything. I thought I was the axis that made the world revolve. But to let go and to guide her when she asks or needs it. And then when she asks for advice, I say, this is what works for me. I don't say, for fuck's sake, just fucking get your license first. Who buys a car first? But I let it go. <laughs> I let, you know what I mean? I let it go. And I, because I'm not in that crazy food, sugar mood swing, you know, so many times I'd be in the middle of a binge and just snap, snap. It's like I could patient, 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 snap. And I don't have to do that now. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I can talk to her like a buddy, but be her parent and guide her and not control. Not control her. You know, I know she's having sex with her boyfriend, but you know what? She's 18. She don't smoke. She don't do drugs. She don't drink. Go ahead. Just be safe, honey. Be safe. And um, that's, that's a miracle because I don't talk at her anymore. I talk to her, and that's awesome. We're closer than we've ever been. You know, I've always been very physical. I, one of my many jobs is I'm a waitress. I also do naughty parties, which I'm on my feet. I'm carrying stuff. I, oh, I can't even think. I'm so hungry. But all my jobs have always just been physical. They're physical. So underneath this, there's just, I mean, there's, look at this. Look at, look at that. That's crazy at 55. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So I like it. Do I want to go to the gym? No. But I... I got a membership to a ladies' gym a little over a year ago, and it was my Christmas present. And I commit to lifting three days a week, nothing heavy, but I need it at this age because of your bone density or whatever the shit. And I try to do cardio. I try to do cardio because you got to move it. You, you get, for me, i got to move it. I hike, which is a miracle of this program. I didn't hike for like six or seven years. It's a miracle that I can get my ass up and down a hill. But I know for me, it's got to be the cardio. And, and buddying up works really, really well. Um, I have a friend in program who is a very big girl, and she does a lot of lifting. She tells me she can lift 180 pounds over her head. And I went to her house the first time. I'm like, really? And you can't lift a fucking vacuum? I mean, <laughs> so. And moving, moving. And for me, if it's fun and if I have a buddy. Oh, I walk dogs. That's another thing. I'm walking, walking, walking. 
So I need the lifting for the density, but the cardio is going to make it move. And I know when I hike and you're going uphill, I can just feel my cheeks and, and my thighs. And oh, my God, I bought walking sticks. Okay, ready? I have to share this. I bought walking sticks because I did this one hike, and coming down was so steep. I thought if I fall, they're going to need a fucking crane to get me off this mountain. So I got these walking sticks, and then I found out that they burn 45% more calories. But here's the thing. When I... When I hike alone with them, people go by and go, good for you. You go, girl. And I'm thinking, oh, model. And they think there's something, other than being heavy, they think there's something wrong there. But I love my walking sticks. They're in my car, an extra pair of tennies, and an extra pair of sweats and socks in my car. Ready to go. But, and I also, I'm sorry, but just for exercise, I just do today. It doesn't have to be this big, grand thing of what I'm going to do and 500 sit-ups. That don't work. Sometimes I say, I'm just going to go to the gym for 10 minutes. And I'll stay longer because once you're there, I usually do. But buddy up with somebody. It helps. Yes. What's it like to work in a deli as an abstinent line? <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the food service industry for over 30 years. And let me tell you, when I first got abstinent, I was working at an Italian place. I can't tell you how many times I had the bread, I'm going for the sauce, and I'm like, oh, you don't need that. That is habit. It's ha- I can't tell you how many calories went down my throat that were habit. That were habit, yes. But my first sponsor taught me this saying, it's not my food. And it sounds so simple, but now when I buy stuff for my kid, I don't even have to think about it. Now, she's had a bag of Doritos open on the counter for three weeks. I'm going to throw them out the window or stab her, one or the other. But it's not my food. It's not my food. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't pick. No matter what, I don't pick. I don't pick. And if I feel, because I'm very, um, what is it when your blood is low? Anemic. I'm very anemic. That, yes. So, like, this morning I ate at the deli at 11 a.m. I haven't eaten yet. I'm getting a little, woo. But if I get like that... I'll say I'm going to have like a little juice. You know, Godfather 3, he's diabetic and he has a juice. I'm like, I could do a little juice. And then I let it go. Because if I pick, ooh, that's a, that's a bad thing for me to pick. That's not bad for 55. Don't look at the bat wings, though. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that's it. Thank you so much.